Father God, we thank you for this time. Uh, we thank you for the ability just to speak to people in their hearts. Um, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to go on this past mission trip to Ecuador and the impact we had on the people there. Uh, we pray that this video just touches the hearts of those who watch it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We are Shell and Aaron Odom, founders of A Radical Relationship. Our testimony is one of redemption from divorce, addiction, and witchcraft. Here at A Radical Relationship, our mission is to empower men and women to go deeper in their relationship with God, self, others, and their calling through self-examination first. Let's get into it. So, it's been a minute, family. I don't know if it's been quite a month, but it feels like it's been a month. It's because we've been busy, busy. We've been out there on the mission field, tearing it up. <laughs> it's one thing we've done. Yeah, so we just got back from our, well, I guess it's been a week now, <laughs> from our very first mission trip as a couple. We went to Ecuador, South America. It was my first time in South America. You nah, it was mine too. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so we thought it'd be a great way to um, kind of come back from a few weeks off to just sort of recap the trip and talk about ways that we were impacted by the trip and just some of our personal takeaways and impressions. So. Aaron is here creating a lot of editing for me because he's giving lots of background noise. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so, babe, let's start with the fact that you got the opportunity to share your testimony at mm. Teen Challenge Ecuador. And for those of you who don't know, Teen Challenge is the Christian recovery program that he went through here in Memphis. Um, and if you haven't checked out our testimonies, definitely head back to um, the first couple podcast episodes or previous YouTube videos just to hear more about our background and story and understand that. But I kind of want to share it. We'll share some snippets of it. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Um, but it was just such a such a, a full circle moment, right? Being able to share in another country with men who are sitting in the exact same seats and walking in the same shoes that you did just a few years ago. So I would love to just hear from you about just what that was like for you. Oh, I thought we were going to talk about the. <laughs> I thought we were going to talk about like all the mission strip, but we I mean, are. This is a. It's just part like of you it. said. I mean, it was just it was a good experience, you know. Um, like I said, I was happy to to be there, and to, this is a second team, or I guess yeah, the second team challenge I've ever got been to. So mm. um, it was really nice too. It was a really big, nice campus. Um, but even though we we had a translator, so that played a big part. But it, it was cool um, just to see the impact that it had on the guys. Um, and then after the service, like three or four of them, um, they were actually a couple of the people that I laid hands on and prayed with. Um, they gave a short testimony, you know, back to us. So that was that was pretty cool. Mm, yeah that was cool yeah I mean for me just kind of being an onlooker that was definitely just a moment of acknowledgement of like wow mm. 
wow, like this man is freaking sharing his testimony in Ecuador. <laughs> like, well, I don't know if it was uh, like having the translator or what, but it definitely was Holy Spirit inspired because I, I remember I was worried about what I was going to say. But then like as soon as we got there that morning, um, within like five minutes, you know, I was praying and Holy Spirit came upon me and I was just boom, 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 just going at it. Um, and I, you know, within 10 minutes, I had my whole testimony um, pretty much written out mm-hmm. in, in a shorter, a shorter format. Um, but it was cool, too, because God even gave me some encouraging words to share with them um, and t- to open up in that manner. So it was it was good that I had it all written down because I was not prepared. But I will say I was a lot more comfortable um, giving my testimony there, I guess, than I would be here, like to the guys in the program here, even though I interact with them on a regular basis. Um, I don't know. There's just something about it. It was, it was definitely um, really cool. And I, I mean, honestly, it kind of opened my eyes that I would like to maybe eventually, you know, visit other teen challenges and do the same thing. Yeah. Okay, so you wanted to talk about just kind of the mission trip as a whole. I mean, it was a lot. It was like, what, 12 days? It At first, I, I even asked Shell up to the day. I was like, are you excited? Because <laughs> honestly, I was not excited. <laughs> I really wasn't excited to go. But the experience was, like, amazing. It was great. Um, I think it was because of the, the length of time that we were going to be gone. And I knew that we were going to be putting in hard work, but it was great to bond with all those other people that we'd never really, that we knew, you know, in passing, but never like had a relationship with. So that was really cool. Um, Yeah. So on the mission trip, we took a team of medical and dental healthcare professionals to provide free healthcare services to the community. We went on the trip with First Assembly, which is an Assemblies of God church here in Memphis, Tennessee. So we went with members of their organization and they this is a church plant <clears throat> that they help support. So the nature of Assemblies of God is to ordain missionaries that they send out. So the couple that is leading the church plant there in Ecuador are two missionaries from North Carolina ordained through um assemblies of God and then our church here in Memphis that we went went with is a US based church that supports this church. So we took a medical and dental team and then um those that were not healthcare professionals like myself and Aaron and some others, we spent time painting um a local school that the church had been um building a relationship with to help them out with that. We spent time ministering to kids in local communities that are just hard pressed communities. Um, um, we, we, uh, professional puppeteers. Yeah. Aaron and I got to kickstart our (laughs) career in puppeteering. We were Juanito and Lucita (laughs) will include. And so for those of you who are watching this on YouTube, we'll be incorporating some clips from the mission trip in the video. So if you're watching the podcast, if you're listening to the podcast and want to actually see some video footage, um, head over to YouTube for that. So yeah, we found a calling in puppeteering and, um, (laughs) just, getting being Shell able found to, a calling in uh in the choir too they I they, they necessarily say that no nah, they singled her out was like <laughs> we heard you singing and then next service she was up there uh with everybody else it was like yeah. her and was it like one other girl two 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 other girls yeah like, hey she was doing it 
Yeah, so it was it was hard work, like being in the hot sun every single day down there, right at the equator, painting a wall, scraping the wall, literally sanding the wall and painting it. And then each afternoon we would go spend time with the kids and do puppet shows. And um, we had someone translating in Spanish that would be doing different Bible stories. And Aaron did some skits where he played the prodigal son and, and oh, yeah. different people and other skits as well. So just ministering to them and bringing Bible stories to life in different ways and then getting a chance to spend time with the local church and doing multiple church services while we were there um, and helping to build them up and encourage them as well. So that was really cool. And that sun is hot. Very it's hot down at the more humid down there. Yeah, and down there, the sun rises at like 6 or 6.30 a.m. and sets at 6 or 6.30 p.m. like clockwork. And so they don't necessarily experience the seasons year-round like we do. It's pretty consistent from that standpoint. But it was abnormally warm. They said that like usually around this time of the year, it would be cooler and much more enjoyable, which was why they planned the trip around that time. But God had other plans, which is fine. So now I'm going to flip the script, flip the script. and I'm going to ask you the questions. Okay. So what was, okay, what was the most in, impactful part of the trip for you, or what stood out to you the most? Yeah, there were so many things. So let me just let me just try to list off the things that were super impactful for me. One, and this is something that um, I'm going to be talking a little bit about in our email that's going out to the community this week. So if you're not subscribed to our newsletter, just to hear a little bit more of our hearts in that format, you can head over to the website, eradicalrelationship.com and sign up for that. One of the things that I'm talking about in the newsletter is um, the unchurched, how my heart is for discipleship. And so I don't tend to be as evangelistic evangelistic in nature which is trying to reach the unbelievers I spend a lot of my time focusing on people who are already believers or cultural Christians and how I can take them deeper in discipleship but I don't necessarily think about the literal unbeliever and so um, that was huge because this population where they chose to go to and plant a church was unchurched Catholicism is the dominating religion there and so there was literally not a Christian church there <laughs> like these people had literally not heard the good don't news. forget the witchcraft they they had witch doctors and we don't get to that and, right. yeah and so um that was super just eye-opening for me and how like even though I'm not prone to being evangelistic in nature um and that's not my natural bend to start carrying that on my heart more as part of the great commission for reaching the unbelievers. So that was huge. Um, the seeing the church there and just being able to worship with them and having that heart tug at how much they go without, I feel like I could see how it impacted their worship because off rip worship was like they in it. You know, like it didn't take a lot of priming them. It didn't take a lot of needing to encourage them with words to get them fired up. Like the song starts and the hearts are pouring out to God in worship. And I felt like a lot of that was the overflow of circumstances. And, you know, we get that being here in America and realizing how comfortable we are. And But it just really made me realize how much of an impact that truly does have on your worship. Um, also hearing all the stories of missionaries. So like, yes, um, the couple that lead that lead that church, but also 
we were um, two of the couples that were on the mission trip with us were retired missionaries who had been in that area. And so they had done mission work in Ecuador for years and they had their kids on the mission field, raised their kids on the mission field. The couple that's currently leading the church has children back here in the United States, adult children. They're about to welcome their first grandchild and they don't even live in the States. So it was just like, man, seeing what they are choosing to give up in order to be faithful to the call was just like, it was just golden because I was just like, this is it. <laughs> you know, like they're doing it. Like Jesus says to hate everything else in comparison. If you want to follow him, hate your mama, hate your daddy, hate grandmama. <laughs> and they're doing it. They're like, yeah, we hate our kids in comparison, you know? So there was just so many things for me being, uh, even just a young woman specifically because the couple that's there, the wife really takes the lead in pastoring the church as they're about to pass it down to another couple. Yeah, that was that was pretty cool because that's kind of like, I don't know, similar but different dynamic with us. Yeah. Because a lot of times you don't see women leading. And we even asked her like, hey, how does that work with the Assemblies of God? Um, because they're kind of a little... They're, they don't, it's not a spoken like rule, mm -hmm. but definitely it's where like, they stand on this tension in that area of where they stand. Yeah. So that was really cool to see. And, and I do think it was also cool just observing that couple and being able to be surrounded by older couples on the trip to be able to see us in other couples, you know, and mm. like there was one guy that you kept saying, like, I feel like he's the old version of me. And being able to be encouraged by that, you know, because there are some things you're like, man, it feels like I'm the outlier in this. And then you meet somebody who you respect in the faith and you see their humanity as well. And you're like, man, that's inspiring. It's good to have them spiritual mothers and father figures in your life. Yeah. For sure. So I know that um, one of the things that really stood out to you, as you just talked about, was like the level of witchcraft and stuff like that, because you used to be involved in the world of a cult. So... Talk to us about that. So I guess like here in America, it's it's everywhere, but it's like hidden. And I feel like there it's in plain sight because they don't have the distractions um, like TV and music and all these tools that essentially the devil uses um, to, distract. To, to distract us, to, to get us trapped, you know, to that we have these things that we idolize and there's so many of them that it kind of seems just in the mix, like it's just like normal everyday life. Um, but really, I mean, it's witchcraft, and we're all influenced by it, and it's all kind of like just, but it's just like a part of our everyday life. There, they don't really have nothing, you know, like literally nothing. They ain't got no TV, might have a radio or something, or like, but they, third world country status, like they don't have a lot. I mean, maybe a Bible or a book or something, but what they do that's what they do have you know is their faith um and a lot of them man like the uh, we heard before we went the catholic priests were not happy a lot mm -hmm. of contention there um but like going throughout the town everywhere you would see these huge glass boxes all throughout town and they're like different virgins and different saints and different things and people that they pray to and they weren't just like any, they were pretty done up. Like they was like straight up altars, like shot, like shrines. Um, 
And that that was just crazy to me. But then another thing that was crazy is because there's a lot of Indians, uh, native Indians, you know, in that area that uh, speak different languages and whatnot because we were real close to the Amazon. And they were talking about how they have a lot of witch doctors and, like, shamans, and they don't have really that much access to, you know, healthcare and medical. That's why we went down there uh, and offered that. But they do have access to these witch doctors, and, like, and they weren't even happy that we were showing up, you know, that these real doctors and all this, uh, you know, anointed by God were coming to help the community because it kind of takes away from, you know, their power that – you know, they, that they have, um, but yeah, that being said, I mean, it's great to see, cause honestly, I think they're one of the only churches in that area in San Clemente, um, and just preaching about Jesus, talking about Jesus. And the cool thing is where they're going to build, um, their church in 2025 is like right across the street, a little bit down the road from one of the Catholic churches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that reminds me that another thing that I felt really inspired by was hearing the missionary say, we didn't come here with a plan. Like, we didn't have a strategy for how to build a church. We, through circumstance, felt like this is where the Lord was leading us after some trial and error. We got here and was like, um let's go after the kids. So we went and bought stuff for the kids and just went into town and opened up our truck and let them come take what they want. And then that in turn brought the parents. And then, you know, once we had a chance to meet the parents, then we offered to have them in our home or they offered to have us in their home. And we just went in homes, hearing their stories, learning more about them. It just, it just reminded me of the simple gospel. <laughs> like even as two ministers who are building our own ministry, man, I'm a thinker. So like I get into like the strategy and what things need to look like. And this was just so simple. Even having church was as simple as grab some chairs and grab a speaker and go out in the street. We'll see who comes. That will kind of go along with that. Like um, we were just talking about the seeds being sown like sometimes you know you'll never see the product of the seeds you're sowing but and you know you're you're they're there doesn't mean they're not there and they're not growing but um yeah like with the kids that was probably one of the biggest things for me was seeing the indirect impact that we had in evangelizing there like when we were doing the kids ministry i noticed um there's people all around the town that were kind of curious, like what? Because we had probably like 50, 60 kids at one point. Um, and we noticed that each day more and more of their parents, the adults started showing up. But they'd be curious. Like I would notice people <laughs> like next door and stuff looking up over the wall, you know. And then next thing you know, they're passing their children over the wall <laughs> to come join the rest of the kids. And, uh, and I was like, it dawned on me. I was like, man, like it's way easier to teach a child about Christ than it is to teach an adult, you know, who already has formed opinions and has um, their own way of thinking. It's a level of ignorance there. Um, but yeah, and I was, and it dawned on me, I was like, man, like these kids right here, like they're, like that's how Jesus is entering the household. Mm. Jesus is entering the household through these children to their parents who are unbelievers. And we were even sending them home with like homework and stuff um, to do. And I'm sure their parents are going to, you know, end up helping them with that homework. Uh, and through that, 
they're they're getting a little bit of Jesus. Like we're planting seeds, um, you know, and that that was just super super cool to me. But just seeing how the parents they were they were intrigued. And I think the last day, I wish I had more Bibles. I didn't have enough Bibles for all of them, but um, we had some Spanish Bibles, and I started handing them out to some of the parents, and they all wanted one. Like they was all just all trying to get one. So that was very encouraging. Yeah, that reminds me of one of the stories from one of the retired missionaries that was on the trip with us. She said that they had done a puppet show back in the day when they were on the mission field um, to a room full of, let's call it 50 people. And they go back maybe 10 years later in their um, meeting with people from the church that they had been there helping to serve. And they asked a middle-aged woman, you know, um, how she came to know Jesus. And she says, well, there was this puppet show like 10 years ago that I saw, you know, that really touched me. And it was the puppet show that they had done. <laughs> and like the chances of them ne ever knowing what the impact of that on this woman's life was like minimal. But the fact that it was such a sweet kiss from God to allow them to encounter even just one person who was impacted by what they did was just a testament to God's heart of going after the one, you know, they didn't need to hear thousands of testimonies, hundreds of testimonies, tens of testimonies. It was just one that they realized that they helped impact through a freaking puppet show, <laughs> you know? So yeah, it was, it was definitely, what was the word? Spiritually rejuvenating. Yeah. Spiritual rejuvenation. Yes. It was definitely that for us. Humbling. Mm, yeah. And it was cool to, to get back into the hard work, <laughs> you know, um, the physical labor, because I know for me, I mean, we're just in a season right now where there are just a lot of question marks for us um, in ministry and in life with just where we're headed with some things. What, what did you say from church today that guy was telling you? Yeah, the spirit uh, was impressing upon my heart to be comfortable in the unknown. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I think that the trip really helped me to be inspired around the things that actually matter, serving people, the simple gospel, following where God just leads you <laughs> when you figure it out, yeah. as opposed to the grand idea of like building a ministry, you yeah. know, which has been my focus for a long time. So I came back with this encouragement to like, one, keep things simple when it comes to a radical relationship. Like how can we just get back to the basics, get back to, um, not just serving the church communities, but also adding an emphasis of the unchurched and just keep it simple and keep it basic, which I feel like society today is like, be everything but basic. But I'm like, no, yeah. be basic. Okay. Do what works, be simple yet effective. And just let sharing the gospel be enough. Planting the seeds be mm -hmm. enough. Uh, another cool thing about the indirect impact we were at the hotel the last couple of days, um, and there was a lot of people there eating and whatnot. But we were in our group doing our morning devos and bust out the guitar, and we're all singing worship music, and, like, everybody around us is hearing it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So, like, indirectly, we're, we're having an impact on them. And it was crazy. So this kid comes up to us, and he goes, he starts talking. He's like, wait, wait, do you guys speak English? <laughs> and we were like, yeah. He could, he's probably like, 12 13 anyways he was like uh man i love i loved the song that you guys were playing and 
they was like, yeah, we're from Chattanooga, Tennessee. So that was crazy because we're like, we're from Memphis, Tennessee. What are the mm-hmm. odds? You know, we're in a right. completely different country. Um, we meet somebody from the same state as us. Yeah. Yeah. So as you all can hear, um, the trip was just incredible. We came back resolved that like, man, we want to do that at minimum once a year um, yes. because it's been just so impactful and so rejuvenating, even like the time of the year, like in June, right in the middle of the year <laughs> to like get that fresh restart to finish the year strong as well. Um, I work for a Christian organization and so they're in full support of going and doing things like that. So I was sharing pictures with them. So it was just all around just an amazing experience. And if you are someone who can't afford to do a mission trip, we couldn't afford it. We had to raise the money. Shout out to my amazing husband no, for putting in all the work. I did put in the work, but that's shout out to God. Cause I told Shell, I said, look, let's just go. She, she was not, she was like, no, nah, we ain't doing that. We ain't paying for that. I was like, let's just go to this mission trip meeting. I said, let's just see how it, how it works out. I was like, cause honestly, if God wants us to go, He's going to make a way. He's going to provide. And sure enough, he did. Um, it was like a couple weeks later after that, um, pastor comes up to me. And he says, Aaron, hey, you guys ready to get your mission strip paid for? And I said, praise Jesus. Um, so I, I was able to do this thing called mulching for missions. Um, so I was mulching people's houses. And a lot of people were very generous giving donations, especially knowing what we were going to do. Um, but yeah, and then through that, you know, was where my business started, like was sparked, you know? So it, it was like a, um, two bird, one stone kind of thing, you know, we're do, doing missions. And next thing you know, uh, a brand new business is birthed out of that. But at mm-hmm. the same time, me and Shell now have this new connection with missions that we want to make mm-hmm. it a part of our, our life, you know, on the regular. And I encourage you guys, if you've never been on a mission trip, go, Yeah, that's what I was saying. If you if you haven't been on a mission trip and you don't feel like you can afford to go to South America, missions right in your backyard. (laughs) You know, that's the other thing that we were saying is like we also need to get more involved in our community, like in our community here in Memphis, because there's a lot of ways that we can have that very same impact here as well. So that was another thing that left. So don't feel like you have to go to another country to be able to serve just start getting involved where you're already at locally with organizations that need your help in the community and you can experience the same spiritual rejuvenation that we have and you ain't got to spend five thousand dollars to do it (laughs) like it's available Um, wherever you're at but i do encourage you to invest in missions i'll say like i don't think until we went um and meeting the missionaries that were there for seven years in San Clemente, you know, building this church. And like, we were there just for a week. They've been there for, you know, seven years, like seeing the stress and just how hard it is on them and the, their lifestyle. Like that, it's very difficult, um, I would say. And so it gave me a whole new heart to like, man, support your missions. Like if you're in a church and there's missionaries trying to raise money, I mean, even if you can't give a lot, give something, just like support them because they're out doing the work of Christ and they're out there making a huge difference in these communities where it's, where it's greatly, greatly needed. Um, so I would encourage all of you guys to kind of just seek your heart about that. Um, and definitely, um, just, you know, give where you can, but definitely like if you have an opportunity to give to missions, do it. 
Yeah. And um, as a life coach, I would say, think through what populations of people you might want to serve because of your own background. Think about a person who reached back and helped pick you up or a mentor that was super influential in your life, um, even in ways that they may not have known. And then go out and find that population of people to help serve as well and give back in the same way there's a scripture in the bible that says he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed and i think we've seen the epitome of that scripture come to life through this mission trip and taking time spending money to go serve other people and we in turn have been rewarded in ways that you can't measure (laughs) um that will forever be impacted by so that's a sweet kiss from god Anything else? I think that was my closing statement. I, I've been, it's on the tip of my tongue. I, I wanted to get into like the ways the enemy attacks us when we're doing God's work and talk, but I didn't know if you want to talk about any of that. You can make it a part two. Okay. That's a good one. In other words, like when you're in a spiritually charged environment, surrounded by spiritually, you know, um, charged people. And you're all in community. Like, man, it's like a force field. You know what I'm saying? It's like around you that just keeps the enemy off your back. But when you're by yourself, singled out, and you get back, you know, into the real world, um, I can say you definitely feel it. Like, as soon as we got home, um, I was was already feeling the tension um, and just the spiritual warfare coming at me. I don't know. Did you feel any of that? Um, I think I felt a lot of tension while there. Some of it when we got back, but I think, I mean, you and I had conversations while I was there just about different emotions that I was experiencing that didn't have anything to do with the actual mission trip. It was just how burdened I felt about different things in the midst of serving, um, and I, I, I don't know that when I got back, I felt completely different. It's taken a while, you know, just to, in continuing to persevere despite to get to a day like today where I feel like actually amped up. Um, but yeah, I feel you. And there was, there was a lot leading up to the mission trip. <laughs> Me and him going at it. About stuff. Leading up to the mission trip, I think me and Shell had two of our like worst arguments we've ever had since we've been together. And what else? There's a couple other things that happened too. Like it was a Yeah, the nonprofit stuff. Yeah, it was um being discouraging. Cluster of just crap. (laughs) Yeah. And as we would talk to as we would mention it to other people and specifically one couple that was leading the mission trip, they would be like it isn't just you. Like spiritual yeah. warfare is going on. Well, We're praying, they, be on guard. I think they said just about almost every single person that went on that missions trip was going through similar um, yeah. heartache and like just disappointment and struggles just like we were. Yeah, even down to one guy literally not getting his passport until like the day before yeah. we were supposed to leave, which was a total God thing. Or what's his, uh, you know, another guy who, another guy who um, got a toothache. And like an infection in his mouth and mm-hmm. you know god healed him so that was pretty cool yeah yeah so yeah expect 
resistance. Um, I was looking at a passage the other day in Nehemiah that someone said. I'm going to interrupt you real quick. Um, Yes, expect resistance, but it even got to the point I knew it was the enemy because I think at one point I haven't told Shell, I was like, well, you can just go on the mission trip by yourself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I was sitting there, I'm like, man, this is exactly what the enemy wants. Like, he doesn't want us to go. Mm. Um, it took like probably took the words leaving your lips and you hearing it yep. to be like oh I see what's going on here and did yeah but I was saying I was um, reading through a passage in Nehemiah that a friend shared with me last week and the passage was talked about like as they worked on building the wall they had to work with one hand and, and keep their sword prepared for their enemies in another hand and one of the insights for me was that I don't I typically want to work or war like, okay, if I'm am, if I'm involved in spiritual warfare, then I can only focus on that or cool. The enemies are off my back and now I can focus on working over here, but they had to do both at the same time. And so I was like, okay, Shell, I'm going to need you to put your big girl panties on. We're going to have to war and work. You can't <laughs> choose one or the other, given the extent of what you feel like God is calling you to. So like you said, I don't know if, the enemy is was attacking us any worse or any less, but while we were there working, you know, and warring, it's almost like, kind of like, I don't know, I guess I think of like working out. You know, you work out first and you're really, really sore, but then the more you do it, the easier it gets and the less sore you get and the more stronger you get and the more endurance you get. Um, it's like kind of the same thing with that, you know, when you're working for the Lord, but you're also, you know, praying in the Spirit and warring you're doing those things simultaneously because i i don't know that i could say um i don't know i was really experienced in that so i guess um opening myself up to that i could definitely see the growth in you know my spiritual life yeah for sure so i'm sure that and i am prayerful that and i hope that um, there'll be like, y'all will continue to be hearing about the impact of this mission trip in many videos to come because there are just so many different parts of unpacking. And even as our story continues to develop and unfold and we remain faithful in the unknown, I'm sure parts of what we experience on this mission trip are going to be sprinkled in our future story as well. So like that lady that kept saying, what did she say? He says, hey, I'll see you on the missions field. I was like, nah. Because let me tell y'all about your boy, okay? And then we're going to wrap up for real. Let me tell y'all about your boy. Your boy was out here all, oh, no. God God ain't calling us to missions. I mean, just saying it with his chest. Nah, we ain't going. I'm like, please stop talking. (laughs) Please stop putting God to the test. And so everybody who's on the mission trip is like, never say never. Don't say what the Lord won't do. And then we'll he started. See you soon. He started backing off it a little bit, like, okay, I won't say he never. I just I just don't feel called to it in this season. <laughs> True. So yeah, everybody kept hounding him a lot, like, all right, Mr. Odom, we'll see you on the mission field since you got so much to say. <laughs> so we'll see. If we end up being called to missions, I'm gonna blame him. be like you're the reason i'm here (laughs) and i had to leave all my comfort 
<laughs> in my nice house. <laughs> that's yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> Alright, y'all. We are out. Leave us a comment. Let us know if there was anything that resonated with you all in this episode. And um, we'll be getting back to our regular rhythm here soon. Did you know that money isn't the only way that you can support an organization? A review goes a long way. If this podcast helped you in any way or you just want to support us because you know we're your people then help us spread the word. Let the world know that you're rocking with us and you think they should too. Share the podcast, leave a review, follow us on Instagram, subscribe to our YouTube channel, hop into the Facebook group, you know, whatever suits you. Until next time, folks, we are out. Bye, y'all.